Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 2000's American Psycho, directed by Mary Heron and starring Christian Bale. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I watched another of uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, documentaries from the 70s. It was called American Boy. Uh, it was a profile of Stephen Prince. Okay. And it's just uh, him sitting there kind of telling stories for a little while. One of the stories is he tells he tells a story about um, working at a gas station and ha- and when it and somebody came in and robbed the place of its tires and he shot mm-hmm. the person. Oh, and it turns out Stephen Prince tells this same story in Waking Life for, for you know, Richard Linklater's really? film. Yeah, remember the scene He's like rotoscoped or some yes. shit. Yes, remember yeah. the scene in the bar where where the guy is telling that story to the bartender and he ends up pulling the gun and accidentally shooting the guy. Yeah. That's that's Stephen Prince. Okay, and it's the Holy same crap. story. You know, uh, that really blew me away. How many yeah. more documentaries does Scorsese have from this period? I don't he know. Got dozens of them. Yeah, or it, it, I'm I'm just discovering them. So yeah, there there might be more. Okay, cool. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I went back in time to 1982 and watched Conan the Barbarian, starring our boy Arnold Schwarzenegger. Awesome. Um, that's a great film. Uh, it yeah. is some early 80s. Swords and sandals, garbage. That is just awesome. <laughs> right. It is so good. It's a great ride. Um, I feel like it kind of spawned a lot of these eighty swords and sandals things. I don't know what you think. Um, but did it start before this or? Well, you what? mean you mean like ripoffs of Conan? Like ripoffs of Conan? Yeah, no. Stuff. There's because there's there's one that came out um shortly after that a series that was made in Italy I think or Spain called Ator. Okay. And it was it was just exactly Conan the Barbarian. And uh Miles O'Keefe played the, the the title role. He looks a lot like Arnold. Okay. And like and that wasn't the only one. But it was mm-hmm. it was tons of, of cheap ripoffs of like barbarian movie. There was the Barbarian Brothers that came around around. Oh the yeah. Time, you know? The Barbarian Brothers. Yeah, the 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 eighties liked swords and sandals okay, and it, yeah. they were made on the cheap. I mean, I know it was around before this, but I feel like this was just like such a big deal, especially with Arnold. Well like kind of yeah. showing his presence to the world yes and sword and sandals things i mean like the well the term sword and sandals of course comes from from like long before with like yeah. you know the, i mean and, and they couldn't show a lot of violence in with conan and stuff like that it was the 80s so you could just like chop heads off oh yeah and, man you know. there's like boobs and blood sure and, you know camels getting punched in the face Ex- and- <laughs> yeah, that's right everything you wanted back in the 50s now you have it exactly dude <laughs> yeah so that's what i watched cool <laughs> all right so now let's get into american psycho dave why don't you give everyone a synopsis sure um so this is mary heron and guinevere turner's adaptation of brett east analysis very polarizing novel about masculinity uh consumerism and being obsessed with yourself uh, Patrick Bateman is a predator, both because he steals from the poor and he's also a serial killer. So let's get into it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this movie is intense, Dave. Uh, um, yeah. And it was quite controversial when it came out, too, wasn't it? Yes, very much so. Um, so what is the book it's based on called American Psycho? Yes, the book it's based on. It's, it's uh, the same title. And um, I'm going to say up front. Mm hmm. Uh, I read the book after having seen the film many times. Yeah. And uh, the book is kind of disgraceful. Really? Yeah. It's uh, it's not worth anyone's time. 
at oh. least in my opinion, not at all. Um, the movie is far better than the book because I think it takes the subject matter and whatever satire the book was going for, mm-hmm. uh, send up of masculinity, all that stuff. It took um, a different perspective to really bring that to life. Mm-hmm. So even though Brady Stanellis, you know, kind of birthed the character of Patrick Bateman, I think it took somebody else to come in and really give it life. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, the way Patrick Bateman comes off on the screen is so haunting. I mean, Christian Bale's performance, first of all, is just amazing. Oh, and, yeah. I he's, mean, yeah. you can tell he's psychotic. Right. By just the way he looks at people, the way he holds himself, the way he pretends like he's not psycho. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and even, like, the, you can't see it on the page, I'm sure. Because the way the camera's, like, up close on his face as he's peeling his face mask off. Things like that. Right. Just, like, I, I can't see that on the page. I mean, you have to, you can imagine it. I don't know if they yeah. describe it that way, but the, the film adds such another level to it. Yes. And what angers me most about the book is that Bretty Stanellis, like, doesn't hold back in his depictions of misogyny, you know? Okay. Um, you remember toward the end when Gene is looking at Patrick's uh, date book? Oh, yeah. And, and it's scrawled with just the most horrible things. Yes. All the stuff in there is is like real in the book. It's depicted in it. And it's it's you're 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 there for those scenes. Oh, man. You know, um, I mean, he, he has sex with a severed head. Uh, yeah. You know, he he. um the, we see the aftermath of him when he's with the, the two sex workers, yeah. you know, uh, and, and th- that's just that the whole thing is, is, you know, described there in detail, in just, detail. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Brady Snellis was getting off on it, but yeah. it f- certainly feels like it was, you know, yeah. and it's just it's it to me, it was disturbing. You know, it was just it was too much. Right. And it takes a lot to offend me. I was about to you say, know? Dave, that's a whole lot. Yeah. And um. Yeah, this movie itself is disturbing in of many co- ways too. Of course, and, and I just, I just feel like Mary Heron and Guinevere Turner had such a handle on the material more so than the per- than the person who, who you know, originally dreamed it up. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's a rare thing, but it does happen sometimes. What do you what do you think's like the the scariest thing about this movie? Like, not just like a visual or anything like uh-huh. just the scariest concept that this movie's like presenting to you. Like, well, probably that more than one person, more than one man has gone, come up to Guinevere Turner when they find out she was the screenwriter for American Psycho and said, wow, that movie is that movie fucking kicks ass. Uh, Patrick's oh. just like, I, I'm him. That's me. Um, what? Yeah. And you're she, proud of that? Yeah. People? Yeah. Oh, man. So this is the scariest thing. This is like meta. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's that's terrifying that people are like that. And we've harped is, on that yes. a lot with many of our films. People just don't get it. No. People some people just can't understand satire. Yeah, they exactly, exactly. And they they either take the completely the wrong message or like you said they don't notice that it's satire. Right. And and they're just take completely reacting on a surface level that it's hey, this is just a ripping good story. Oh, man, he he's so angry and has a cool you know, business card. I like, know. That's, that's me. I know. The, the, you don't see more. You, you, <laughs> you don't know what that, that they're making fun of this. I mean, yeah. How are you alive? <laughs> you know. <laughs> what about in the in the film? Yes, in the film. What, what idea in the film you think is kind of the most? 
maybe intriguing. Most dis- doesn't have to be disturbing. But yeah. What's your most thought provoking takeaway? Well, I think I think in general, just um, it it, it is such a deft uh, parody of masculinity itself, and because Patrick Bateman is in every scene of the movie, um, you ne- you're never not with him, and everything we see is from Patrick's perspective. Yeah. Um, so when he's having sex or admiring himself or killing someone, we're seeing what it looks like through his eyes. Yeah. Um, when in reality, things are probably very different. Um, at least in my interpretation, they've got to be. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the whole world he's in has a dreamlike quality to it. Of course. Because that's kind of how he's seeing the world. Yes. Yes. Um, like even like there's moments in the movie where he he's killed people and he's like do doing these violent things or hiding a body or whatever just in front of people publicly. I know. And like <laughs> is that just hit his mind? He's just like not aware of what's going on, but no one around him seems to care either. Well, I like, mean, yeah. Is society like not even are they so conditioned to this shit too that they fucking don't care? They don't even notice it. The guy out on the curb notices the bag that the body's in, but he doesn't notice a body's in it. He's like, "Oh, that's a nice bag." You know. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. It, I guess, I guess. Did that really happen? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. If, if, I mean, because Lewis notices that it's that it's a it's a it's a stunning overnight bag. Yeah. Um. And and like Patrick is is annoyed that that Lewis is there, but when he says, yeah. uh, where did you get that overnight?" He, when he asks mm. him where he got it, he's pissed off and he angrily spits Jean Paul Gaultier. Yeah, like even in that moment, yeah. he still has to be, um, he still has to kind of uh, like let everybody know that that only the best for Patrick. Only Bacon, the best, you know? man. He's he's disposing of a body in that moment. You'd think he'd just run away, but no, he's got to let everybody know this is pretty expensive. This is an expensive bag. <laughs> <laughs> or and he's getting his sheets laundered and they're just covered in blood. Like he's just in public like this. And then the woman walks in and he's like, what is that? He's like, it's cranberry juice. It's cran apple. Cran apple. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. It's, 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 it, he, I, I, and like you said about people not noticing, I mean, th- that, that's part of it, of course, is that I guess if someone really is a serial killer, they hide in plain sight. That's true. You know? Yeah. Um, and Patrick is, kind of one of the worst I've ever seen in that, like, I would, I would nail this guy for a serial killer the first time I met him. Yeah. I I feel like I would know that this intense man who never smiles, um, who doesn't seem to ever experience joy. Um, there's something missing in him. Um, maybe I wouldn't know he was a full on serial killer right away, (laughs) but like, the, the, the people who got away with it for a long time were able to blend into society. Right. And even like when he's around the other people, I'm not saying he always seems like a normal guy, mm-hmm. but most of the time he sounds like a, a, a nice put together guy who has good opinions on things and uh, has like thoughtful ideas. Uh huh. But <laughs> watching him throughout the movie, like you can tell everything he's saying is just like something he's regurgitating that he read yes. in the news or read in a review column on Rolling Stone magazine. It's all shit. artifice, yeah. It's just something he remembered and is reciting because he feels that's how society wants to 
hear yeah. things. I, and are you referring to that great scene in the restaurant where he goes in that speech about, you know, we oh, have yeah. to... Who prom- cares about Sri Lanka? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. There's a lot more uh, pressing problems in Sri Lanka. And he goes... He He's goes just naming like, like a politician's list of things yes. you have to fix in this country. All these talking points that <laughs> yeah. he goes through. And <laughs> and, and at the end, he put, you know, we have to promote, you know, less materialism in young people. It, it's so yeah. rehearsed and... Uh, and mechanical and it's great watching Justin through what like just sit there just laughing at him like like you dumb shit you know <laughs> you, you don't believe any of this and uh and then to watch uh Lewis uh like actually be moved by it you know how uh-huh. thought how thought provoking Patrick <laughs> dude I mean stash is not impressed either um the the guy who looks like Robert Smith, uh, he's oh, sitting there. Okay. Yeah, um, stash. Yeah, a, a, a Reese Witherspoon's cousin or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Lewis. Was it Lewis Carruthers? Lewis Carruthers. Lewis yeah, Carruthers. Matt Ross. Oh, yeah, man. he's excellent. Yeah, he's great in this movie. Right. Right. He's such a loser. This guy. How did I'm... this guy achieve Samantha Mathis? How did? He... Yeah. Uh, come on. Ridiculous. I had the biggest crush on Samantha Mathis in the '90s, man. I, I, like... I remember the thing called Love and Pump Up the Volume. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were excellent films. And yep. yeah. I'll have to revisit that movie. <laughs> um, but anyway, where where we want to go now? Well, we okay. kind of just like I guess we can just kind of tangent. Yeah, I know. Yeah, else. let's because we were talking <laughs> about like themes first. Yeah. So I, I guess really, uh, I mean, when when we first when we first see Patrick and his friends, they're they're in they're they're just in a restaurant that they're always hanging around in restaurants and bars. You know? Yeah, if they don't have a reservation, I'm not going. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Only the finest for these. <laughs> Yuppie douchebags. I know. Let's get a res. <laughs> um, so when, when when we first see them, of course they're they're, they're doing this, but um, they're always doing this. I mean, like it, this this is their life. If if they're not at the office, they are. Um, well, they're almost never at the office. Yeah. Um, and when they are, they're you know horsing off. They're always. Uh, they, they do a lot of cocaine, and um, because it's the eighties. Yep. And um, they have a seemingly endless supply of money for jobs where they're all a vice president and do nothing. Patrick, Patrick spends his time when he's, when he's not working out or hanging with his friends that he doesn't like, he's killing people. Mm -hmm. Um, and he kills people who are, who he feels are beneath him. Um, namely the, the poor, um, like he kills Reggie Cathy's character, the homeless man, Al, Al. um, that that's his dog. Yes. You asked earlier what a disturbing scene. You oh know, yeah, that's and a... I mean, when when they when he stomps on that dog uh, after he kills the man, yeah. I mean, it's really really disturbing. Yeah, I can't believe they put that in the movie. Like I, that's an, almost an instant like you can't release this movie. I know because the the, the, <laughs> At the least in America you, the sound you know, like, goes you know like you know yeah. and it and it goes like it does it like twice and I'm like oh is this fucking necessary? But you know yeah um in the book of course it's way worse as you can imagine. Now I I. I, I sounded angry there when I described this scene. Obviously, it's I, I know why it's there. It's to show Patrick's you know right. malevolence. But yeah. um, I when you have that kind of hard smash cut to him getting shiatsu massage, yeah, um, and the the young lady complimenting him on his his beautiful skin, um, it, it's man, it's hard to digest. Yeah, you know, because you're just like this guy shouldn't exist. This guy should be ripped out of the world. And yet he's in charge of it. And he's almost toying with Al, the homeless guy. He that completely. He yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, Hey, I'm going to get you some food or something. You want some food? I, I got money. And, um, and eventually he's just like, you know what? We don't have anything in common. I can't help you. 
and he's almost like laughing about it. He, he, like, find, he finds wow, this. He ridiculous. finds this very amusing. Yeah, you know, and and it's he's he's getting off on it. He's loving it. Mm-hmm. You know, not not just to. I mean, to 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 kill somebody at the end of this exchange is bad enough, but to like you know. Um, make him think that he's got a chance at survival, you know, beforehand, or maybe he's even got like, he's going to have a better life or whatever. Right. And you're going to help him out of this, you know, tailspin he's in. I mean, yeah. And it's, it's not like he's trying to comfort him before he gets put no. in the gas chamber, you know, it's, no, exactly. it's I'm going to make you have hope and then just rip it from you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, one of the harshest things you can do to anybody. Of course, and and another major, of course, you know, I've, I've been, we've been talking about we we haven't gotten like you know scene specific stuff except for the the thing with with the homeless guy. But I mean, I guess it's just a major theme of this story is like what the wealthy get away with, and often without even having to make even the slightest effort to cover up their tracks. Yeah, I mean, th- that's the end of the movie. Really. Yeah, it's just yeah. Oh, that's a funny joke. You know, I know. Like, oh, I know. Blaming it on Bateman. what they don't oh man well and and that's that's, yeah it's like his (laughs) the whole thing about his his perspective and how we we see everything through his eyes i mean like so his his kills probably aren't as seamless as as we we see yeah um his body might not even be as sculpted as what we're seeing yeah you know that's true because that's how he perceives himself exactly it's what he it's what he wants he wants the world to see this i mean he believes in taking care of himself that's what he says right (laughs) off the bat exactly but um yes uh, and I think that's man. why so many people like not only mistake him for other people, but like they also like they always kind of insult the real Patrick Bateman. You yeah. Know? Uh, when he's with Jared, when he's with uh, Jared Leto's character, the, uh, Jared Leto mistakes him for someone else. Yeah. Uh, Marcus. Marcus Halberstram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when the guy who plays Marcus Halberstram walks into the boardroom, he does look alarmingly right. like Christian Bale. I mean, he's yeah. got like the, the, the same this the same smirk a little bit. Right. And Patrick know? Bateman says, you know. He admits it. He's like, yeah, we do kind of look the same. Yeah. You know, except I wouldn't wear that shirt or something. He, I don't said, know he, what says, he says that, yeah, he, he, he says that he has the same taste in suits and the same taste in glasses, except that I have a better haircut. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess he just accepts that um, Paul Allen thinks he's Marcus. Yeah. And he just uses goes with this it. to his advantage to kill him. And it and what the catalyst behind this is that like Marcus or, or Paul is handling the Fisher account, which I guess is the account everybody at Pearson Pierce wants. Is, yeah. it's, that's the mergers and acquisitions firm they all work at. Yes, uh, he's the account executive for the Fisher account, and he also has quite a tasteful business card. Oh yes, um, he does. You know, uh, which <laughs> is uh, that's one of the most famous scenes in the movie, and it's probably my favorite scene too. Um, it's endlessly rewatchable. Yeah. The business card exchange. It is. It's like, I, you see that? That's bone. <laughs> like describing the white colors. Oh, it's so great. It's very delivery. Rich. Yeah. And everyone is in awe. It's amazing how everyone cares so much about this. Even like, and for each other's <laughs> cards, like, like yeah. e- each card get, gets better and better. I guess that they're all kind of drinking it in. <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, cause like Patrick starts it with his new card and everybody's looking at it, kind of admiring it. And then Bill Sage, um, as, uh, he, he gets his card out and like Patrick is a little bit impressed. Um, but he's really devastated when he finds out that Justin threw likes Bill Sage's card better than his. Uh-huh. He's yeah. just he, in his narration. He just, I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. You know? Yeah. Um, he's, he's gutted. Yeah. Uh, and it happens twice in the movie with the business cards. It does. Like, yes. God. Yes. 
Um, and they're they're <laughs> the naked eye can't tell the difference between shades no, of white. That's what's so you funny know? about it is it looks almost exactly the same. Even the type, like the font of <laughs> the, the font, type, is almost exactly the same. And the layouts of the text on the card, oh yeah, they're like almost the exact same cards. I know, <laughs> I know. And and the and these guys and are they're so all whipping their dicks out. Yes, like, look at this. Yes, they're they're comparing their phalli in this scene. Yeah, you know and. <laughs> And they're so far up their own asses that they can tell the difference between eggshell and, you know, uh, I don't know, bone, I don't, bone, exactly, yes. Yeah. And and the the only the only thing that I kind of related to was when Patrick said, "Oh, look at the tasteful thickness of it." I've I've picked up like just objects, yeah. um, that had like a, a good heft, yeah. You know, I understand that, um, but but that's the only part that 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 felt anywhere familiar to me. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> the rest right. of it was completely alien because <laughs> I just cannot believe that these guys would have this much uh, that, that they would care this deeply oh, about man. someone's business card, you know? Yeah. But what are you going to do? I don't know. It, when you're in a sword fight yeah. like that, I guess, yeah. I guess everything counts. <laughs> Describing it as a sword fight is excellent. <laughs> um, so this leads to him wanting to kill Paul Allen. Yeah. So he pretends to be Marcus and they meet at Texarkana. Mm-hmm. It's like some Texas roadhouse type restaurant. It's, I, it's hard to figure <laughs> out what this restaurant's about. Cause it's, it's, is it a nice sit down place? Cause they, he's got a reservation. I don't think so. Like it, it looks like a Texas roadhouse, but maybe it's like a higher quality Texas. I, roadhouse. I think it is. Yeah. Because like yeah. the, the, the waiter has like a, like a, a neckerchief and he looks like he's dressed like a pirate kind of. So yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, may, maybe it isn't all that great. It, right. You know. There's no Michelin stars at this no, place. Absolutely That's for not. sure. Yes. Yes. Um, and there's no one else there. Which That's Paul true. Allen is pointed <laughs> out. Like this place out. is dead. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> he could have got us a table at Dorcia. Yeah. And, and um, Patrick Bateman keeps saying like how awesome this place is. <laughs> I guess is he's trying to make Marcus look bad also. I I don't know what his motivation for bringing it, maybe maybe just so he could get Paul alone. So he knew yeah. that if he took him to a like kind of a uh, a low a shittier place that that you know he could get Paul drunk and yeah. he'd get him back to his place. And I feel like he also I do feel like he's pretending to be Marcus. To, it's almost like he's setting Marcus up for the murders. Well, that that's happen. yeah. He might pin it on Marcus. You're yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I don't know if he's really thinking that far ahead. So yeah, he gets him drunk and they go back and this is where the famous Huey Lewis in the news murder happens. <laughs> it, it's pretty incredible. It's I, so... The scene is so great and it's so scary too. Yeah. Like, it's not like a, it just gives you like this dread. You're like, is he, is he going to do it? What's, Oh my God, what's going to happen? He's doing it. Right. And then it happens. <laughs> and he does it in, in a way that like he really does it. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, cause you feel the impact of this ax. You don't Ugh. see it. You see the blood splatter up on Christian Bale's face. And there's that Ugh. first after the first um like uh I guess blow where yeah. where he then he I guess the axe is still in Paul's yeah. back or whatever or neck and Patrick like kind of pries him off the chair yeah. and there's that spill of like you see the blood start to ooze mm-hmm. like the really dark blood. Um, and then the hammering starts and it's such a, you know, yeah. you know, try getting a reservation Dorsey, and now you fucking stupid bastard, oh you know, and, God. and then half his face has blood spatter on it, which is a really cool effect. Yeah. I think that's great. You know, cause it was all, it was all splashing around and he's, he does this, like he's prepping everything right in front of Paul Allen too. Like Paul's on the couch, pretty much completely wasted. Right. And he's like, why, are, why is the newspaper on the floor and stuff? And <laughs> Got a little chow or something. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And he, Patrick Bateman puts on Huey Lewis in the news. Um, I guess it's four. The uh, album four. Is it four or sports? I don't know. I, I think it's four, but I could be wrong. Okay. I like Huey, but yeah. Anyway, and he's going on about how hip to be a square is like their like undisputed masterpiece. And the way he's parading around this apartment while he's prepping to murder him and just reciting this review of this album is is so I don't I don't have the words for it, Dave. It's just it's hilarious. Yeah. And it's scary. <laughs> and it's almost like I mean it's very off putting. Right. But you it's you think it's awesome too? Like Yeah. God. Because it's, it's kinda played for laughs. Yeah. Um the like by the time Patrick kills Paul, unfortunately, we kind of want to kill Paul too. Um, not not the way he does it, but I, we, we, we <laughs> yeah. don't like Paul. Is is, is my point, I guess. Yeah. Um, so when when he kills him, it's like, oh God, that's a loss of a human life. But it's it's um because Patrick is the protagonist. Right. It's like you know you're you're this guy has been antagonistic yeah, to exactly. our main character right. since we've seen him. Right. So making little remarks yeah. and you know um. Uh, I mean, because like when they're when they're having dinner, he's very insulting to 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 you know Marcus. First, he's kind of broing out with him, and then they start talking shit about Patrick Bateman, right? And you know, and <laughs> uh, I mean that that was all it took. I mean that between the the business cards, those remarks, and him saying that he's got a tanning salon at at, at his house. Yeah, I mean that that's too much. Oh, you know, man. Old Patrick can only handle so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great scene. Yeah, I would say it's iconic. Yes, um, it, it has might become be the most so. memorable scene in the movie. Right. But there's there's several for sure. I think the business cards and this particular yeah. like kill are are really, you know, I mean, this is I would put the chainsaw up there too. Oh, that's yes. pretty yeah. Because I think that's what's like the the chainsaw murder like really leads into now when we're seeing like Patrick's deterioration, you yeah. know, to where he's he's really starting to uh his imagination is now really starting to take over his his bloodlust, you know. And yeah. what we're seeing is completely cinematic now. It you is know, like um, the the one prostitute is escaping. Yes, while he's murdering the other woman, and um, she's running through this like funhouse of dead bodies, man. Right, right. Um, like is that how his place really looks, or because besides that, it's pristine. But, I know. But during yeah, this, she's yeah. running through and finding all these corpses and right. heads and arms and like bodies on hangers. Body in the, parts. Yeah. yeah, just and and when she when she gets trapped in the bathroom and Patrick finds her, he first thing he does is grabs her leg and starts gnawing on it. Yeah, like it's something's going on, you know. Oh yeah, he's fucked up. Right, <laughs> right. He, he admits to eating brains and stuff when he makes that phone call later. You know, uh. <laughs> <laughs> when he when he. In that phone call, when he when he stops himself and goes, um, I ate some of their brains, yeah. and it sounds like he's gonna throw up a little bit. Yeah. Um. And he goes, and I tried to cook a little. Yeah. I guess you could say I'm a pretty sick guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he's really good in that scene. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. I call that sequence the rampage. Okay. I don't know yeah, if uh, yeah, anyone else yeah. calls it that. <laughs> the, the, yes. When, when it starts out at the ATM. And, yeah. Yeah, I know. He tries to put that cat into the ATM. Feed me a stray cat, the uh, ATM says I to fucking him. love that. <laughs> what kind of like psychotic break is this? It's amazing. I know. Feed me a stray cat. Right. And he tries to stick a cat into an ATM. And then the lady walks up and tells him to stop it, yeah. obviously. And he just shoots her like 
Yeah. With with in front of an ATM camera. Um, yeah. You know, and then he starts trying to uh, he goes to all these cars. They're all all the <laughs> all alarms are going off. The cops pull up. They 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 tell him to hold it. Uh-huh. He fires his gun and the cop cars explode. Oh, yeah. Like in an action movie. Um, This is the only thing that is completely in his head. It's got to be, you know, right? Like, yes. Maybe this whole rampage. Maybe some of it happened, or do you think none of oh, it happened? Oh, I don't happened? think any of it happened. Okay. The, the, this particular thing is all just like him, like spiraling, right? You know, because there's, because the, these, the other kills he, he, his other kills in the movie, he always is semi careful about stuff. You know, uh, yeah. I, I know that there's, there's moments where he could be caught, but he, he wouldn't, he doesn't just like, uh, gun somebody down and then like leave their body right there and, Right, um, you know, and killing cops into a lobby and just blast the yes. receptionist. Yes. Yeah, you don't. You're right. not doing that. Right. Well, part of the psychology of a serial killer, as we've said, is is like hiding in plain sight and trying to fit in. Yeah. Um, he says full on because I want to fit in. You know, when um, Reese Witherspoon is telling yeah. him, "Why don't we? You know, why don't you do this?" Yeah. It's there's nothing subtle about that. I want to fit in. Mm-hmm. He wants to be part of society so badly, but he just can't stand people and he doesn't have the right emotions Mm -hmm. and there's no place for him, unfortunately. Uh, well, fortunately in his case, but you know, uh, unfortunately in the case of people who are like really struggling with their identity, it's such a complicated character, but it is kind of, I mean, it is straightforward. That's why people are just seeing things on the surface level. Yeah. But, um, do you, do you ever feel sympathy for him? In the movie, is there any moment where we feel sympathy for him? Maybe when he has Gene in his house and he says, if you stay, I'm afraid something bad would happen. Um, or, or is that I, well, something else? Well, so so that's that scene in particular, I don't have sympathy for him because he was going to kill Gene. He was. You know? Yeah. Um, well, and does he have actual humanity then, let's say? Like, are, is there something in him that he's trying not to be bad? Or, or does he just kind of like her more than other people? So he doesn't, you know, he snaps out of his murderous thoughts well, and then changes his tune. I, I think the only reason he doesn't kill Gene is because like that, that that's one murder who, where they would figure it out that it was him. Okay. You know, it's his date, book, her date book probably has dinner with Patrick. Yeah. In it, right. You know, and then, um, the, she sits right outside his office. Uh, they're they're yeah. seen together, you know, in places. I mean, right. It's yeah. I I think that there's just too much attention there. I I think that's his motivation for not killing Gene. Okay, you know. Okay, and and to answer your question about does he have any humanity, I, I I'd like to think so, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, <laughs> even when he's because we we we, we uh, his speech at uh, at the restaurant, you know, about about um, all the stuff in the news mm-hmm. that was the second time he he made he said something that like you said that he he'd read somewhere right. like in the first scene when when him and the guys are in that restaurant and he gets pissed off at josh lucas for for making the yeah. uh, the guy says oh i saw paul allen spinning a dreidel he goes not a or he says he says right. spinning a menorah not a menorah you spin a dreidel and he yeah. says don't say don't use anti-semitic remarks yeah that's probably the most human he gets he sound that's like one of the first things we get out of him in right. the movie too and it's right. like okay so is he not that bad yeah like, is, is this guy have what, like some kind of on? heart right and then it it goes like less than a minute later he goes to get drinks at the bar and basically says i'm gonna fucking kill you and play with your blood right to the bartender i right. mean it's in his mind yeah but on screen we see him yelling at her 
And um, like those are his yeah, thoughts. So about this, this guy is actually crazy. Of course. Yeah. Right. And and what what he said to 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 uh, to Josh Lucas about you know like uh, being a proper human being. I mean that was just something he seen somewhere yeah he you know? read it or heard right. it somewhere so uh, yeah he has to he has to regurgitate it why do you, why do you think he listens to all this music <laughs> honestly honestly you know um do you think he actually does like it or uh, does well, it soothe him or I, it's it's like other stuff where he he really he says he wants to fit in you know uh-huh. so he listens to robert palmer and whitney houston yeah and genesis because like i guess if people think he thinks that's what people want him to like. And yeah. those are the most popular things right now. He comes off really as a that, basic bitch, yeah. you know, because of what his tastes are. But like, he's finding some kind of meaning in Susudio <laughs> and Invisible Touch. Where are you? Yeah. He's so far up his own ass. Yeah. That yeah. like he, maybe he really does believe all these, these trenchant insights that he's overheard. Yeah. Um, and and of course he's got a captive audience in that scene because it's it's the two it's the two sex workers right you know who aren't yeah. going to go anywhere who have to listen to he's him he's paying them to be there yeah. and, and engage with him right when when he does it <laughs> like later on because like, when he's when he's with um when the one girl Christy yeah uh, Kara Seymour's character is there and and they're they're going to have the threesome um Guinevere Turner plays the other mm-hmm. girl and she just calls him out. You know, like yeah. you actually listen to this, you know, yeah. th- this is because you, you, he's he's going on and on about Whitney Houston, the greatest love of all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she just full on tells him, you suck, dude. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's a great moment. She falls off the couch laughing her ass off. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> dude, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, we haven't even mentioned um, Willem Dafoe yet. That's you true. Know? He He's in this movie a little bit. Yeah. He plays a detective who's looking for Paul Allen. And he shows up at Patrick Bateman's office, wanting to ask some questions. I don't, is this the day after? And a couple days later, I can't remember. I think it's yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty a close. few days later, yeah. maybe. And apparently, he's been spotted in London having lunch with people, and I don't know. Yeah. But, um, uh, Defoe can't nail anything down, <laughs> so he's getting Bateman's statement, and Bateman can't give him any kind of answer where he was. You know, he's. He's just trying to wiggle his way out of this, right. it sounds like. Right. And, uh, it kind of works. But kinda, you think yeah. Defoe knows something's up because he keeps coming back to him. Keeps coming back to him. It's hard to tell because in sometimes when they cut to him, it looks like he is seriously thinking that Patrick did this. Yeah. And other times it looks like he doesn't think of this at all. That's intentional, right? Yes. They the director made him perform this in different ways. Made him I think it was like three different ways. Yeah, so they could shot confuse the audience. Yes. Yeah. That's wonderful. It That's was cruising it, type stuff. Yes, you're right. That's awesome. Oh, dude, you're right. Exactly. That mm-hmm. that is yeah, that's a good technique. Um and it's because of this particular technique that Mary Heron used. You you think this guy's a this guy's a really shit detective, you know? Yeah. Um because if if you I guess maybe it's not as obvious as I'm making it that Patrick killed Paul, you know? Yeah. Maybe I just am thinking that because I saw it happen. I was a witness, you know? Yeah, maybe. Um, it, it, it just feels like this is this is a guilty man talking to me when, when he is when he's saying all this shit. Because he yeah. even tries to make some, some really... Um, he doesn't get into music with, with uh, Willem Dafoe. Yeah. But he's, he, he tries to sound deep, in a way, mm-hmm. um, the the world just uh, opens up and 
swallows them. Oh, yeah. And nothing. People just disappear. Eerie. It's that's, like, that's a great line, though, because it the the just those few sentences kind of just change the whole feel of this conversation they're having. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it gets really, really like dreadful. It like Willem to, from Willem Dafoe's part. Yeah. yeah. Um. I the but the the thing with with what Patrick says though, I just feel like it's um it's more surface level observations. Yeah. You know, he, he yeah. he's saying what he thinks that this guy wants he's to quoting hear. something. Yeah. Read again. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because he just he seems to have no emotions or thoughts of his own. He doesn't even admits that in the it's movie. It's true. He does. Yeah. <laughs> he says, um, what does he say specifically? I think he says his only um, identifiable emotions are greed and disgust. <laughs> That's about it. That sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Defoe keeps trying to get, make him give some kind of answer so that he can corroborate like what he's heard. Yeah. And ultimately, like, like, Defoe shows his cards like they said you were doing this and like Patrick's like oh yeah of course I forgot we did this and that yeah uh-huh. Defoe what are you doing I know come on and and you know and and this could be I guess another statement about just what a I guess a private detective a private investigator if they were um investigating the disappearance of a wealthy man mm-hmm. and they had to interview a bunch of wealthy people maybe they wouldn't cry so hard you know maybe uh, not it's they, they they'd be afraid to to like you know peel back um too much and and you know maybe they would let somebody off the hook who was technically not completely clean you yeah know? that's true and um who's the guy at the end of the movie his lawyer guy um, Carnes. yeah that yeah. guy he's he's the guy who apparently told defoe he had lunch with him in england like right, like yeah, that's like, I, I, well, he because that's right because he does say he had lunch, he had dinner with Paul Allen in London. That yeah. must have been who Defoe talked to, probably. Yeah, and Defoe's maybe because he knows has this, he just kind of folds on Bateman. Yeah, but that scene when he's at the diner with Bateman pressing him one last time, you can see Christian Bale like his face. He, oh. he's gonna crack. He's squirming. And according to Guinevere Turner, Christian Bale can sweat on cue. Oh man, that's not really? mist on his face. Like, like he's he's just like he he's sitting there putting salt on his steak, uh-huh. and like it's just it's just he's just drenched. You oh know? man, um, which is his skin's getting red. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, and and his hair is starting to like be devolumized a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, it's it's really something. Yeah, and... The moose is coming loose. <laughs> exactly, dude. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it's a real good piece of physical acting, and yeah, and then you know when he's. As he's sitting there and he's getting more and more dejected as Willem Dafoe like kind of lays out, Patrick thinks I'm I'm sunk. Yeah, he's and cornered then, exactly. And he starts Willem Dafoe starts reading his notes. He was uh, at Atlantis with uh, George Butner and Craig McDermott and you. Yeah, and he's like, <gasps> immediately he's kind of just like relief washes over him, and he's like, oh, he goes, oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. It's almost too obvious at how relieved he is, you know? I know. Like, like you, Defoe you would, doesn't even catch. Like, I mean, come on. This guy's guilty as shit. He's covered <laughs> in flop sweat, and he didn't know where he was the night it happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, put the cuffs on this guy right now. <laughs> He's so innocent, man. <laughs> He's so innocent until proven guilty. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I guess. Everyone's so... 
Is everyone so dumb? Yes. Or is he just this good? <laughs> well, no, everyone is so dumb. Okay. Yeah, it's it's definitely... Good. that's what I thought. Yes, yeah. it, it's, it, it's just the, these people are so idle and so wrapped up in themselves that they, they just can't see something that's like slapping they them wetly across the face. hitting them in the head. Exactly, they yep. don't see it coming. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Um. All right, so the movie ends with him realizing everything's fine, right? Like he, he confessed to all these murders yeah, and apparently they, they think it's a big joke right. and nothing happened. He's off the hook. Like nothing's changed. We're just fucked. Like <laughs> this guy's crazy. and He's going to live on and everyone else is like nothing matters. Like, so this is this is one of the problems I have with, with the, the the book, you know, um, is yeah. now now of course the movie ends the same way, but and I, I guess that's the fault of it, the fault of the movie too. But like, okay. so so you you feel that this is too nihilistic? Uh, uh, no, I don't message. think so. But it's like because I I do I I feel I mean it, it's pretty nihilistic. Yeah, but it's. Like I think he even says there's no, there's no catharsis, right? Or maybe that's a note I wrote. No, no he no, wrote that's what his those were his words. Literally, he has no catharsis, right? This confession how could, has how meant could nothing. the audience get some? They, that's <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess that's the point is that like you know um, he says well uh, and he also he says, says there's you know, no con- catharsis. This confession meant nothing, right? I do not wish for um, safety for anyone. I don't wish goodwill to anyone. Um, this can, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, so that's that. Uh, I I guess really, it could be a statement on how no matter no matter how deeply we feel that we need more equality in our society, um, the status quo will always remain. Yeah. No matter how bad we want it to be different, um, it's it's just never gonna. Yeah, they're never going to have society, at least in America, will never have its priorities in order. Ooh, um, there will always be homeless people and there will always be people who can't afford basic human needs. And there and will always be people to take advantage of them. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess they were right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. man. Uh, this is bleak. Yes, yes, indeed it is. I'm like squirming in my seat just, like, <laughs> thinking about all this uncomfortable this is man so i mean that's the end of the movie like are there anything we missed that you want to touch on before we um, wrap things up well uh so i i just wanted to say that obviously i've, I've been very serious uh, throughout this whole thing and i've mm-hmm. been I, I i don't want anybody to think that i didn't like the movie because i i think it's one of the best movies of the 2000s it's a great movie yeah yeah and i think that mary heron and guinevere turner really like i, I can't stress enough like what hard work it must have been turning that book into a truly great film. Oh, you I'm know? sure they had people fighting them at the studio and it was, Oh, it was, it was a nightmare. Yeah. I'm sure. Lionsgate was, was horrible to Mary Heron. They fired her. Um, she had already cast patch. She had already cast Christian Bale mm-hmm. They already picked Christian Bale. And then they, they, they went to Leonardo DiCaprio and made a big, like a press announcement that he was doing it. Oh, wow. And she protested, said, I've already got somebody. And they fired her and, re- and hired Oliver Stone. Um, Holy shit. I know. It's, it's, and then I get to it worked itself out somehow? Yes. yes. Oh, my God. And apparently Christian Bale like, was so convinced that that, that, that that other version of it was going to fall through that he just kept working out. 
and kept uh-huh. like uh, you know. I guess eating chicken breasts and speaking in an American accent. Yeah. Uh, because he knew that, that he's going to have to be, he's going to be, get a call in another three months and it was going to be back on. And sure enough, it was. So that was cool. Wow. Yes. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> and ab- about to like, just the, uh, as, as kind of like, um, as serious as the subject matter is and everything, I think that this script is really funny in places. It um, is. I mean, you, you, the first time you see oh, it, you're just laughing all through the whole thing. I laughed a bunch. Right. Like, like when uh, they mentioned Ed Gain, he's yeah. like, oh, the maitre d' at the, the Delta Club or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what is, no, 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 the Canal Bar. Maitre d' at Canal Bar? <laughs> no, the serial killer. <laughs> and and I, love, I love what Josh Lucas goes, well, what did Ed say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like all of uh, Patrick's like, all the reciting he does of these like album reviews is very humorous. Oh, of course. Because he sounds like, you know, someone from a magazine I know. who wrote a review. And he just sounds exactly like that. And he's so he believes in it. Like his delivery, he believes in this. It reminded me of like it, it, he's reading Kurt Loder, you know, in Rolling Stone in the eighties. Yeah. Mean, that, that's what he's He's he, reading Peter Travers of Rolling of Stone. Of course. Magazine. Yeah, yes, yes. Jan everybody. <laughs> like and he also his his other his other diatribes about like his his body lotion and and his shower routine. Oh yeah, his routine. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I that's really funny. Um, and and that's one thing I'll one piece of credit I'll give Brady Snellis is that like in the book though that's the best part the best richest parts of the book are like all those speeches go on page after page. I mean like there's there's entire chapters where it's like just this stuff and it's and it's it's really funny um, because this guy thinks he's saying something. Um, yeah, uh, something know. super important, yeah. and it's just dumb. Exactly. It, it's all a bunch of crap. Um, yeah. And just, th- there's a couple of great lines in this, too. Um, I, I, I love, what we, we mentioned when, when, he's, when he's, he's pulling Paul Allen's body into the, uh-huh. in the trunk of the limousine, and Lewis sees him and says, you know, oh, where'd you get that overnight? He goes, he says, Patrick, is that you? And Patrick goes, no, Lewis, it's not me. You're mistaken. <laughs> Yeah, that's great sarcasm. That's great delivery. Um, I love when he's in the car with Reese Witherspoon and he's got the headphones on listen and to she's Palmer. blabbing away. Yes. And he says, I'm trying to listen to the new Robert Palmer tape. <laughs> God damn, dude. <laughs> and my my favorite line, my absolute Patrick, my favorite Patrick Bateman moment is the second time he sits down with Willem Dafoe. And he and Willem asks him, you know, where were you on such and such? And Patrick says he went to a Broadway show. Oh, Africa, brave Africa. It was a laugh riot. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was a laugh riot. <laughs> but that's him just talking in reviews. Of course. Again, of course. It's a laugh riot. I mean, and it, yeah, he's reading from Zagat or something. Yeah, like, it's just. Imagine if he had like a blog <laughs> oh, or something, dude. Oh, Jesus Christ. The Patrick Bateman podcast. <laughs> those exist, unfortunately. Like, I, I'm sure there's all those, those guys who, who watched, who saw the movie uh-huh. and thought, oh, I'm Patrick Bateman. They all have podcasts. I would love to hear like someone. Uh, taking a piss at it though like sure like making yeah. a podcast as patrick bateman but oh, doing it go. as a yeah. joke you know that would um, be funny yeah i, I have the yes. patrick bateman movie review sure oh my <laughs> god yeah that 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 is an idea actually pretty cool <laughs> that would be funny yes. someone who could do a good impression could pull that off <laughs> all right dave so would you recommend the movie yes yes uh, big big recommend this is this is a must see it's five stars uh, it's a masterpiece and um yeah everybody should see it yeah i i totally recommend it too 
I can see why people don't love this. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I give it four stars. And everyone go out and watch it for sure. Right. All right. So that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast. Rate it, review it. Most of all, share it. Gets more dudes listening to the dudes. You can also go to dudesonmoves.com and find anything you right there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just went trailing oh, off there. So oh, but. man. Ran out of breath. Uh, yeah. And we're also, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, look for Dudes on Movies. And we have our email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. And Dave, what is the question of the week? Uh, the question of the week. Um, what movies are better than the books? Not many, probably. Yeah, it's, it's it's probably a small handful, but they're out there. Okay, so call in to our voicemail and let us know what you think. 628-400-DUDE. That's 628-400-3833. And stay tuned next week when we do 1993's Cliffhanger, directed by Rennie Harlan and starring Sylvester Stallone. So until next <laughs> week... Yeah, that's going to be a good one, too. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>